You found it. The home of red-blooded American patriots. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 93, The Harbingers of Death in the New World Order. Those two folks with the red eyes on your screen right now are, in my opinion, two of the biggest criminals that ever lived and deserving of crimes against humanity charges. So what I venture to do in this episode is to pull together some some material from elsewhere to put together and give you kind of an overall collective view of what's been going on, what's coming, and to give you an idea of where to go to get more information because this whole thing changes on a regular basis. It gets... I'm speaking specifically about COVID and the many issues that are that are part of the COVID question and whether or not it was uh, purposely uh, done, purposely uh, released on the population of the world. And I believe that. And I'm going to show you some evidence to support my beliefs today. But first, I just want to remind you that you can go to MyPillow.com or MyStore.com, use the code TPR, and get a substantial discount as much as 66% and sometimes more depending on when you hit it. Sometimes there's flash sales like there were this week where you can get, you could have gotten up to 90%. So go to MyPillow.com to check it out for sure and use that code TPR. Stands for the Patriot Review. Also go to Kirk Elliott. It's two L's and two T's. KirkElliottPhD.com slash the Patriot Review all together and look at your financial uh, savings options and opportunities. They have, they have uh, financial experts to give you advice on what to uh, purchase for yourself and secure for your retirement. As we know, 401ks have uh, really took a big hit this year. And unfortunately, um, you know, this call has, has gone out for quite a few years expecting something to, to come. But I think it's uh, my, my opinion here. I'm not a financial advisor, but uh, my opinion is that it's only going to get worse. So you can check that out again, KirkElliottPhD.com uh, slash The Patriot Review. wanted to also make you aware of this uh, Truth for Health Foundation. Um, they've been fighting, as it says, medic for medical freedom, defending life and freedom, really putting the information out there from a from a uh, medical standpoint and uh, information about how hospitals are actually uh, killing people with these COVID protocols. And that's something that you all know, if you've been watching me, is important to me. And there's a documentary coming up, which I will talk about at the end of the show today uh, with Scott Shera and his family and having to do with not only their daughter Grace's death, but the many deaths that have occurred across the country because of these uh, COVID protocols. So this uh, this is a call to action. I'll have the link for you in the description below. So this uh, event, this is a uh, campaign, a grassroots campaign, and they're having an event. It's called Stop White Coat Killers, Holding Hospitals Accountable for Deaths. That is going to be... Uh, uh, you can sign up there on the link, I should say, uh, again, in the description below. So check that out. That's important for you to participate in for sure. And uh, so I want to get into this now. I've had uh, uh, David Olson on um, before and uh, Sorensen I've had on before 
really talking about all the information that he has uh, on the website, uh, stopworldcontrol.com. And I'll get my brain straightened around here. Um, so I wanted to show you, and, I, and I've talked about this before, I've promoted this before, but I wanted to show you the video documentary, and there's this is one of several that are on that site. This is called The Plan, and this kind of goes to the whole question of uh, was this purpose, purposely released, and you know what is the proof or evidence of that? And I'm going to show you that right now, and then we're going to come back and uh, talk about it real briefly. For those of you listening to the podcast, the documentary that I showed is largely subtitled. If you want to see that documentary, please watch the video episode number 93 at redbloodedpatriots.com. So that is the plan, and I've shown that before. And if you stuck through it, and I hope you did, I know you have to read the screen. That's just the way that that video is made. There are a lot of uh, facts in there that are not refutable. If you go to the website, which uh, we'll go to in a second here, you can find all kinds of information that's, that supports the fact that this was a pandemic and that the whole uh, plan for a new world order is in motion. And that is what this is really about. And they have overwhelmed every single one of us uh, in every aspect of our lives, whether it's on the health side or it's the economic side, uh, it's our, sc our schools and what our children are being taught, if it's hypersexualization, all of that is done on purpose. The more crisis, the more division, the more division, the easier it is to take control. And uh, you may think that that sounds like a giant conspiracy theorist, uh, theory and then I'm a large conspiracy theorist well the fact is that you know looking back on what we first thought to what we know today the only difference is for a conspiracy theorist to become truth or fact is about two months maybe a little more so when when we put these things out there don't take our word for it go look at the supporting documentation again this is from stopworldcontrol.com uh, and here is the uh, the page that I showed with the video on it. So you can download this video. You can share it. I highly recommend that you do. Another video that I show, showed before was this Monopoly Who Owns the World. That really goes into the financial uh, tracks and really shows you, you know, who's pulling the strings. This uh, grand jury evidence. So here is, it says experts from World Health Organization, United Nations, British Secret Service, the U.S. and U.K. military, the CDC, Pfizer, and governmental health agencies reveal a criminal agenda to implement worldwide uh, tyranny under the guise of pandemics. So you have people who are, are crossing the line, if you will, going over to the, the leaving the dark side and coming over to the side of truth uh, from the World Health Organization itself, from the United Nations, from the Secret Service, you know, and this is occurring now more and more, and they're having problems containing the facts coming out more and more. I encourage you to go and to read this grand jury evidence document. You can download it at stopworldcontrol.com. Stop, uh, you can also download it 
on my website, which is redbloodedpatriots, with an S, redbloodedpatriots.com. And you will see next to my introductory message a slide screen of photos that show the the show's supporters and affiliate programs. And you'll also see the cover of this document. And you click on that and you can download it straight from my website as well. So check that out. And um, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to go into the next phase of the show. Hey, Patriots, you can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. Okay, so we're back. The next step that we're going to talk about is a little bit of the financial uh, a little bit more of the financial aspects of the pandemic, and specifically Dr. Anthony Fauci, who um, is profiteering off of this entire thing and making it difficult for us to find facts. So this clip is actually from the War Room, and this gives what I think is the most recent and uh, uh, the most exhaustive Uh, aggressive approach to finding out exactly what the facts are there. So if you haven't seen this, uh, this is good information to share as well and send it to the people who maybe are a little bit skeptical as to Fauci's role in all this, if there is anybody out there that's like that yet. But uh, I'm going to show this real quick and be right back. Uh, Joins us now from Open the Books. You found pretty blockbuster. You've got Anthony Fauci. This is the beginning of the Anthony Fauci investigation, just so the mainstream media understands it. Uh, I've got Natalie Winters, our executive editor, is going to join us here in a second. Adam, walk us through what you found out in going through the books of uh, of Tony Fauci. Well, it's been a knockdown, dragout dogfight to open up the financial uh, books on the Fauci family finances. But also with our legal partners at Judicial Watch, Steve, as you know, we filed four federal lawsuits. And one of those lawsuits we filed for five months of Dr. Anthony Fauci's calendar. And it's an historic record. It starts on November 1st of 2019. So in the months leading up to the publicly disclosed pandemic. And then it goes through March 31st of 2020 in the months after the publicly disclosed pandemic. It's historic because it's an hour by hour timeline of who Fauci was meeting with how he was spending his time, 
and it's his official work calendar. So on there, I mean, basically, Dr. Anthony Fauci, I mean, he meets with everyone that you might suspect. So he even meets in the fall of 2019 with his future biographer. On December 19th, he meets with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. It's the sixth annual NIH Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation meeting. And on that morning was the infamous prediction from Bill Gates on Twitter. And he said, quote, that uh, what's next for our foundation? I'm particularly excited about what the next year could mean for one of the best buys in global health, vaccines. Highly predictive. By, by the way, the first in the in the week of uh, and by the way, we've got this article. I think it's a Newsweek. We're going to put it up so everybody can see it into the chat rooms. It's got um, he the very first day that they know it's it's the day we actually start the show. We're in pandemic. Fauci meets with wait for it. Moderna CEO. How, how does that? How does what? Well, there's no conspiracy here, as we say. But man, what is that? How's that coincidental? Coincidental. I think the 24th or 25th. When they're just about to get into the Situation Room, you can read Navarro's book about the big knockdown dragout fight. How does he just happen to meet with the Moderna CEO on the first day he really knew things were big, or at least he, the world started to know it was big? Yeah, I mean, he's meeting with the CEOs of Moderna and Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson, as you might expect maybe during a pandemic. But he's also meeting with people that, you know, for instance, like Peter, Peter LeDuc. So who is Peter LeDuc? He heads up a BSL-4, think Moonsuit Lab down in Texas. He's also trained the BSL-4 lab at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. So Leduc, he doesn't call Fauci on the phone. He doesn't send him an email or a text. He actually flies to Washington, D.C. Uh, that meeting is on the 23rd of January. He, uh, he, he meets with Fauci in person presumably to talk about the, you know, the, the moon suit lab training at Wuhan and what he'd been hearing from his Chinese contacts. Which he totally de denied until later. Uh, Natalie, jump in here. You, you were on this deep uh, national pulse. You and Raheem were deep into this in those months. In fact, you were, you were posting blockbuster stories on this back in April Tell us about LeDuc. What are the bad dudes that are starting to pop up here in, in Adam's uh, in Open the Books uh, story, in Tom Fitton's story? Sure. So James LeDuc runs the Galveston National Laboratory, which is, of course, funded by U.S. taxpayer dollars and works with very, very, very dangerous pathogens. But what's more interesting about what this lab is doing is that it's actually training a similar caliber of research over at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. About a year ago, I had unearthed a presentation um, that the director of this laboratory was giving um, ostensibly to either get more taxpayer funds to fund their research or just to boast about the program that they were running. Um, but they said that they were training Wuhan Institute of Virology personnel to work with, quote, the world's most dangerous pathogens. Now, that's something that I want nowhere near the hands of a Chinese Communist Party and Chinese military run lab. Um, but unfortunately, these U.S. researchers seem to think differently. So these are a lot of the key figures who've had really, really close relations with the Wuhan Institute of Virology, who've sort of just tried to stay as hidden figures in the background. But luckily, thanks to the work of groups like Open the Books and, of course, my reporting at the National Pulse, uh, we've, we've dragged them out um, into the forefront. And believe me, this is only the beginning. All these people honestly should have been registered foreign agents 
on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party and, frankly, registered lobbyists on behalf of Big Pharma. Um, and those are, of course, punishable crimes. Uh, hang on for a second, uh, Natalie. Uh, Adam, uh, this is you have I want you to tell the audience how tough it's been for you to get his financial records is the longest serving government employee out there and the highest paid, more highly paid than the president of the United States. How tough has it been to get his financial records and even this calendar, which should be open to anybody? It should be open to the government people to see immediately. How tough has it been? Well, Steve, we've come to realize that the Fauci family finances are buried deep in a government bunker. Uh, So whether it's been uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci's job description, you know, I mean, just basic oversight documents, his employment contract, his ethics and financial disclosures, his royalties, you know, all of this. Uh, we had to sue for it with Judicial Watch as our legal partner. So we've got four federal lawsuits. The calendar was uh, lawsuit was filed back in December of last year. The White House had to clear the release of it to us. And what I want everybody to know is we've posted it at OpenTheBooks.com, right on our homepage. You can go there. You can download that calendar and take a look. Here's what I want everybody to realize. There are 60,000 documents that NIH will not produce to us, but the federal court is and they're not giving us license for all of them. They're calling in the undue burden to release the 60,000 documents that support this calendar. But we can request individual documents. So if you want an individual document, send me a note at adam at openthebooks.com. And we'll make that a part of our federal court request. So there you have it. There's more to that interview that you can find, of course, on Real America's Voice. Uh, but the basic there, the basics is that the financial data is being hidden and there's a battle that's ongoing right now to be able to get to that information and follow the money as it were so it's an it's an important thing that's going on and you can uh, you can keep track of that as i said by keeping track of Bannon's show and what he has in coming uh, coming days so Question for you, the viewer. Now, this show for me is relatively easy to do this episode because I'm pulling these resources together for you. I want to know what you think about that. Um, is it too repetitive for you? Have you seen this kind of stuff before? Do you prefer that uh, I not share this kind of stuff that you already are seeing? Or is it uh, helpful for you to have these things kind of collectively put together under one umbrella? So you can email me at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com and let me know what you think. Now I want to go into another video that um, I think is particularly important. And when, when we come back from that video, I'm going to be asking you to take the pledge along with me. Maybe take a picture of the pledge if you want to videotape yourself uh, taking this pledge or this oath. Uh, again, you can do that and send it to me at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com. And uh, I may use that for some show material. So let's get into the video now. And again, we'll come right back and we'll we'll do the oath right after it. For the past two decades, petitions have been slighted. Our appeals have not been heard. They have been weaponized, having produced additional violence and insult. Our supplications have been disregarded, and we have been spurned with contempt by the very people who are supposed to be serving us. In vain, 
after these things, may we indulge in the fond hope of peace and reconciliation. There's no longer any room for hope if truth is not brought into the conversation. As Julian Assange said, Wars are created with lies, therefore truth will bring peace. If we wish to be free, if we mean to preserve, inviolate those inestimable privileges for which we have been so long contending, truth is the answer. We are consistently being told that we are weak, unable to cope with uh, such a formidable adversary, invisible to the eye and with no name. To accomplish this, we must adhere to the things we swore to protect. Those that have taken the oath should remember it. An oath is important. It's an attestation of what you stand for. There are two types of oaths one can take. I was employed in a defense plant, war plant, of course, but they were always called defense plants. That was the year of the national defense law, the law of total conscription. Under the law, I was required to take the oath of fidelity. I said I would not. I opposed it in conscience. I was given 24 hours to think it over. In those 24 hours, I lost the world. You see, refusal would have meant the loss of my job, of course, not prison or anything like that. Later on, the penalty was worse, but this was only 1935. But losing my job would have meant that I could not get another. Wherever I went, I should be asked why I left the job I had. And when I said why, I should certainly have been refused employment. Nobody would hire a Bolshevik. Of course, I was not a Bolshevik, but you understand what I mean. I tried not to think of myself or my family. We might have got out of the country in any case. I could have gotten a job in industry or education somewhere else. What I tried to think of was the people to whom I might be of some help later on if things got worse, as I believe they would. I had a wide friendship in scientific and academic circles, including many Jews and Aryans, too, who might be in trouble. If I took the oath and held my job, I might be of help somehow as things went on. If I refused to take the oath, I would certainly be useless to my friends, even if I remained in the country. I myself would be in their situation. The next day, after thinking it over, I said I would take the oath with the mental reservation that, by the words with which the oath began, ik schwere by Gott, I swear by God, I had understood that no human being and no government had the right to override my conscience. My mental reservations did not interest the official who administered the oath. He said, do you take the oath? And I took it. That day the world was lost, and it was I who lost it. First of all, there was the problem of the lesser evil. Taking the oath was not so evil as being unable to help my friends later on would have been. But the evil of the oath was certain and immediate. 
and the helping of my friends was in the future and therefore uncertain. I had to commit a positive evil there and then in the hope of, of possible good later on. The good outweighed the evil, but the good was only a hope, the evil a fact. The hope might not have been realized, either for reasons beyond my control or because I became afraid later on, or even because I was afraid all the time and was simply fooling myself when I took the oath in the first place. But that is not the important point. The problem of the lesser evil we all know about. In Germany, we took Hindenburg as less evil than Hitler, and in the end, we got them both. But that is not why I say Americans cannot understand. No, the important point is, how many innocent people were killed by the Nazis, would you say? Shall we say, just to be safe, that three million innocent people were killed altogether? And how many innocent lives would you like to say I saved? Perhaps five or ten? One doesn't know. But shall we say a hundred or a thousand just to be safe? And it would be better to have saved all three million instead of only a hundred or a thousand? There then is my point. If I had refused to take the oath of fidelity, I would have saved all three million. There I was, in 1935, a perfect example of the kind of person who, with all his advantages in birth, in education, and in position, rules or might easily rule in any country. If I had refused to take the oath in 1935, it would have meant that thousands and thousands like me all over Germany were refusing to take it. The refusal would have heartened millions. Thus the regime would have been overthrown, or indeed would never have come to power in the first place. The fact that I was not prepared to resist in 1935 meant that all the thousands, hundreds of thousands, like me in Germany, were also unprepared. And each one of these hundreds of thousands was, like me, a man of great influence or of great potential influence. Thus the world was lost. These hundred lives I saved, or a thousand, or ten as you will, what do they represent? a little something out of the whole terrible evil, when if my faith had been strong enough in 1935, I could have prevented the whole evil. My faith, I did not believe that I could remove mountains. The day I said, no, I had faith in the process of thinking it over, in the next 24 hours, my faith failed me. So in the next 10 years, I was able to remove only anthills, not mountains. My education did not help me, and I had a broader and better education than most men have had or ever will have. All it did in the end was to enable me to rationalize my failure of faith more easily than I might have done if I had been ignorant. And so it was, I think, among educated men generally in that time in Germany. Their resistance was no greater than other men's. There are two types of oaths one can take. I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear. There's my Bible right there. I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly affirm. I do solemnly swear. 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 
that I will support and defend of the United States against all enemies 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 for an domestic that I will bear true faith and allegiance true faith and allegiance and that I will bear true faith and allegiance and allegiance to the same that I take this obligation freely 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 freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter. That I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office in which I am about to enter. So help me God. 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 Remember your oath. I very much respect those individuals who took that oath. Now I I only slightly modified the oath because we are not holding office or elected, uh, going into elected office. So I changed it and I ask you to join me now in in taking the oath yourself. And um, so here goes. I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of a free and responsible citizen. So help me God. So there you go. You can take a picture of that. I will also post that on my uh, social media sites so you can see see that there and you can get a get a pic of it as well if you want so i think that you know i'd love to have you send in examples of that if you're so inclined with the understanding that i may use it on the show uh, again the the email is redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com where you can send that so i wanted to leave the show today with um, something that's more inspirational because uh, number one, don't let them put you in a box. Now the Paul Pelosi thing is exploding right now. Now we're finding out, you know, after the media jumped on it as he's a crazy Trump supporter who did this and they're blaming all of us for this act of violence, which of course we all know, uh, you know, going through the so-called summer of love, we're not the ones that they should be talking to about violence. For those people, they went down on bended knee and did absolutely nothing. And we've gone through that uh, before so many times. But you can't let them put you in a box. What we're learning about the Paul Pelosi situation is that he he personally called this person a friend, that the attack didn't happen until after the police was there. So it's one to watch. The narrative that you'll see on the left-wing uh, crazy media 
is going to be all lies and it's going to be all put out there in hopes of changing the election outcome. And that's what can happen. So you have to get out there. You have to vote. Uh, you have to uh, be part of the process if you can. If you haven't volunteered and you still have time to volunteer to be an observer, please do that. And you can check it out, I'm sure, through your county clerk's office. So uh, I want to go out here just with something that I personally find a little more inspirational. We will see you next week. Thank you very much again for watching the show. And I appreciate it very much. Thank you.